1: Betches Media presents the Betches Brides Podcast, a show for the wedding-obsessed and the brides who are stressed. Because after all, it's only one day of your life. Hello and welcome to Betches Brides. I'm Jordana Abraham. And I'm Nicole Pellegrino. And we are back. What is new with you? What's going on with with your wedding planning?
2: You know... I always say this each week, not much, um, yeah, I. not much has changed since last week, I am finding new motivation every day to plan, um, I'm getting more excited, oh, it's just funny because I feel like I, like sometimes I forget I'm engaged still because I have been engaged for so long at this point, so I forget I'm a bride. <laughs> Um, but you know, I'm planning, I'm looking at stuff. I'm looking at getting a cool jean jacket that says wifey on the back, all the fun, exciting bridal things that I, I frankly, I deserve. What about you?
1: For sure. Um, that's awesome. That's exciting. So my, uh, I sent out my save the dates and, um, a new fun little plot twist is they, they're now requiring, I'm not sure how long this will be, but they're now requiring anyone who comes back to the United States from a different country to um have a COVID test. So to have a code COVID test, I think within three days of them coming back. Um so at first that was like making me a little anxious, but now I see like it's funny that the hotels have like adapted really quickly to that. And they all now oh, wow. really offer on site tests, which and like for anyone who's who's staying at at them at all, like all the hotels in Mexico that I've seen are like now offering this service where you can get tested at the at the resort and get it like the results within like twelve hours. Oh, that's amazing!
2: Yeah. Oh, so now so- I'm
1: kind of like almost more into it because now I'm like they can get that everyone can get tested at the venue before the wedding, like easily. Oh, um, that's amazing. and then they can also use that to travel back. So it'll think it'll make everyone kind of feel a little bit more peace of mind assuming no one has it which hopefully that would be like a whole other issue
2: so interesting how they're adapting like that like like i thought it was yeah
0: Yeah. they're so
1: fast i mean not even for the wedding. i think it's just for travel too like not just for the wedding Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. for anyone and obviously my wedding's not till the end of november so we'll see if that's still a thing there but it definitely made me feel like pretty like confident and happy with like the venue choices i made that they're um they're moving so quick and they're you know everything's like they they have everything set up to, like, make sure everything's still running smoothly. So that was a weird little wrench, which I actually am fine with.
2: Props to the vendors like that who, because, I mean, it's a hit or miss. Like, I've heard horror stories about vendors or I've heard vendors like that that are quickly adapting and changing and that are working with their guests to make sure their weddings can happen in a safe way. So that's amazing. I mean, and I know I, I feel bad that you have to still say like, oh, let's see if November happens. I'm the same way about September. I've I was talking um, to Kelsey, one of our Betches Brides yesterday, who she got married, but uh, this year, back in 2020, she got married and then was planning the bigger party for this year. But it's so interesting now because I'm seeing that the that's the majority of like our audience, for example, on Betches Brides are doing that they they got married in 2020 and with the hopes to have the big party like real wedding celebration this year but they're mm. still like do i postpone my wedding like do or do i postpone Again. that celebration yeah they're like i'm right. already married so like what's the point of like postponing the larger party like do i so it's this weird all in all like this weird time where like we're all still
1: not really sure how things are gonna right i hope hopefully there'll be like a pretty more wide like a more widespread vaccine rollout that will give us a better sense of like when everyone will actually be vaccinated um but i don't think we'll know that for like a few months like how fast we can really get this moving um so we'll just
2: announced i think that people 65 and older like the general public 65 and older um, cause obviously they opened it up to healthcare workers first and stuff, but I think yeah. 65 and older, uh, and that makes me feel now, which is awesome. good too.
1: Cause those are the most at risk people. So it's like anyone's parents at a wedding will be like at least right. that much more protected. Um, and sure. we also have some new 2021 bride merch out, right?
2: Oh, we do. We have a crew neck. I, I've been really into crew necks. So I was like, Barry, to our merch manager, I was like, you better make a crew neck. And it says 2021 bride. So it's for you Corona brides who had to postpone or you you people who got engaged in 2020 and are planning for 2021. And guess what? It's a great way to manifest that your wedding will happen in 2021. And it's so comfortable. It's so soft. It's like white with cute Simple, subtle, black writing. Get it at betches.co slash bridesmerch.
0: That's great. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com.
1: Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Let's get into this week's emails. By the way, if you have an email for us, if you have a question, if you have a thought, if you have a suggestion, email brides at That's brides at betches.com. And we love answering these. So let's get into it. Um, I can read the first one.
2: Awesome. Go into it.
1: Sure. Hey, Betches. I'm a relative newbie to your podcast, but I've been following your Instagram page since I got engaged back in August. I'm hoping you might be able to offer some advice about families pitching in for my fiance and my wedding. Me and my fiance's parents are all either divorced or in the process of being divorced. My dad has generously offered to contribute a large amount for wedding expenses to ease the financial burden on him. My mom and my fiance's dad have offered to contribute a smaller amount to go towards my dress and the rehearsal dinner respectively. When it comes to his mom, however, I'm finding myself in a bit of a battle. When we first got engaged, the first thing out of her mouth in our first one-on-one conversation was, I'm assuming your dad is paying for the wedding, right? Even with my fiancé informing her that all the other parents were contributing what they were able to and asking her to do the same, she's refused. She's even acted like driving down post to flying so that she could bring some of the beer we're hoping to serve at our reception was way too much to ask. My fiancé and I have had way too many arguments over this, and although I'd love nothing more than to have a great relationship with my future mother-in-law, I'm finding it difficult to move forward in my personal relationship with her." I don't want to shut her out of the wedding plans because I know that she's excited, but part of me feels like telling her if she's not paying for anything, then she doesn't get to be involved with plans. I'm exhausted and completely at a loss. Do you have any advice on how to deal with a future mother-in-law or any parent in general who refuses to pitch in for the wedding? Thanks so much for your help. Have a happy and healthy new year.
2: This isn't the first time we've gotten a question similar to this about parents and the dynamics of who's paying for what kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think everyone has their own opinions about who should be paying for what and how much people should contribute and how much all that stuff, right? It's like one of those things where there's no like strict guide. There's like that old tradition, which I think is very outdated where the bride's parents pay for things. But like, I don't really think that's a thing anymore. Yeah. So I do think it's, it, it becomes a question where there's no clear answer, where it kind of becomes like almost like a volunteer basis.
2: (laughs) What do you think? For sure. For sure. That's the th- And I mean, right off the bat, this mother in law, she said, So your dad's paying for the wedding, right? Like, that's, she's, she's establishing a boundary right off the, right off the bat. And in my opinion, that's a little weird to do, weird to say. I, I can see how this bride is like set aback by that comment because that would make me mad too, frankly. Um, Because nobody should ever just assume anybody's paying for the wedding, even if I think we like deep down, we all assume obviously the wealthiest member of the parent group is going to like front the cost and stuff. But like nobody knows people's financial situations. I don't think anyone should assume anybody's paying. I remember you said, and I want to bring it back from a past episode, at one point you were like... I and this is this is a tough thing for some people to bear and come to terms with but mm-hmm. really when you think about it you shouldn't be having an event for yourself that you really couldn't pay for yourself mm-hmm. and that's like like don't have a wedding that's more out of your own means a lot of us are fortunate where like our parents are picking up the slack so like you can have a wedding out of your means but like good rule of thumb is just don't always like assume everybody else is going to pay. Right. I I
1: think the thing is, it's like if you, if someone's paying, you want them to do it out of the goodness of their heart because they really want to pay. Right. You don't want to be having to like strong arm someone into paying for something that they don't want to pay because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to get for someone to pay for a, um, a wedding and there's like strings attached or that you have to do it their way or that Um, Mm -hmm. there's like, it changes boundaries or a balance of power or anything like that. Like you don't want to have to feel like you're owing someone something you want. If I think it's great when parents contribute, but if, if they're not, if they're only contributing so that they can, you know, control the wedding or they can do something or, or so that they can control you in some way, I don't think it's worth it. I do think it's right. great to take, there are some parents who give money and they just want you to be happy and they just want to help. And I think that that's great if they can. I mean, and again, assuming they can afford it and weddings are very expensive and not everyone can afford it. But I think if you can afford it um, and you can give the most loving thing a parent can do is, is that they're just giving it as like a way mm-hmm. to make your life easier as a way to, to, you know, help ease a burden on you. And because they want you to have a great wedding, not because it has anything to do with them or, or, and I, I don't think that's that common, to be honest. I think most, I think yeah. a lot of parents have like alternate reasons for giving money that are not just like, let me help you out. Um, right. But I do think right, it's great right. when it is. But for this person, I would say like, whatever her reasons are, his fiance's, her fiance's mom, like isn't or is either unwilling or unable to contribute and doesn't really feel like she wants to be involved in financially in this wedding. Fine. I would just accept that. I wouldn't like fight with right. your fiance about that. There's nothing he can, can can do to control that. That's just like, you know, that's the card that he was dealt. I don't think And that's, like you his-
2: said, like if if they were to push her, let's say like she she talked to the fiance and said like, look, your mom needs to like offer something and contribute, and the fiance went back to the mom and the fiance asked the mom, then like and let's say she really did after all of that then it's like, you're kind of, you're making her pay for your wedding. Like then you wouldn't, wouldn't feel good about that. Like you wouldn't feel good about her contributing because it was a forced contribution. Right. And then she would
1: probably feel entitled to a lot more say over a lot more things. And like, I do think that Mm -hmm. comes with it too. But if I were you, I would just be like to, I would just say, okay, like I'm just not counting that person as contributing. Other people are. And those people hopefully are like, you know, generously again, just want to help you make a, a a great wedding and like that should be the reason someone contributes so if it's not gonna it doesn't feel like that's something that's gonna come along with their contribution is just like a sort of selfless um generous sense of like wanting to help you then don't take it it's not worth it it's not worth dealing with that person and like you know what I mean trying to extract money like how much is she really doing that it's gonna make it worth this like fight and all this exhaustion exactly. and pain from like dealing with this person just accept that that's the kind of person she is as it relates to this wedding just like accept that and then plan with a the, the plan a smaller wedding with the smaller budget that you have and not counting on this money or if she at some point changes her mind then maybe you'll have something extra but it's kind of like i don't really see why it would be additive to have someone who doesn't want to be paying for something paying for something that you probably could figure out a way to to do without
2: Exactly. I would try to focus on the positives that you do have people who are generously like happily donating like your own father and whoever else, but that, you know, there's nothing you can do. And as for the relationship going forward with her, like, you know, I'm sure you'll be a little annoyed with her forever and probably not forget this, this generosity. But I would also just try to not resent her too much for this because again, like, there there's a reason she's not generously giving. She might not have the financial means, whoever whatever the situation may be. Um, I would just try not to like hold that resentment in too much because then that will just affect your whole like view of her. She's your mother in law for your whole marriage. So it's like, I don't know. I would right. just kind of like you said, look at the positives and and plan I think the it's wedding. Just like- you- Want with what you yeah, have.
1: everyone has dealt certain parents who have certain ideas and decisions and thoughts about how they want to do things and they are not really going to change that. So just accept right. that's who she is. That's what she's doing. And I mean, I, I agree like no one. She doesn't have to do this. Like she's like, oh, your father makes a lot more money. And so like, why would I burden myself? Why, why would I strain myself more to do this if he does? I don't know what her reasoning re- reasonings are, but it's kind mm-hmm. of like. If that's her thought on it, then, like, that's her thought on it. Like, it's not really worth the debate. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. And just let it go.
2: In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. This next segment is sponsored by Gen Tux called The Perfect Fit and the theme of it is how can I fit the perfect number of people into my bridal party? So it's time for the Perfect Fit segment brought to you by Generation Tux. Getting the perfect fit for your fiance and groomsmen can be overwhelming and for some, including myself, totally foreign. That's why Generation Tux makes it simple and painless so you can do everything online from the comfort of your own home, which we love these days especially. And as a bride, we all know how hard it can be to get everything to fit into your vision for the perfect wedding. So here's the perfect fit question of the week brought to you by Generation Tux. How can I fit the perfect number of people into my bridal party? All right. So this one, it's kind of a two-parter, so bear with us here. It says, Hi, Jordana and Nicole. I love listening to your podcast. I have two questions, both about the bridal party. Our wedding isn't over for over two years because we are just really trying to avoid COVID and have no rush. The day we got engaged, my fiance's sister would not stop asking if she could be a groom's man. She knows we aren't close and probably would have a lesser chance of being a bridesmaid. So she wanted to be the the brothers groomsmen my fiance immediately said no because he did not envision a girl on his side his family took that as us not wanting to include her at all in the wedding and basically said they were disowning him from the family after explaining the miscommunication we told them we still want her involved in other roles but just not in the bridal party she has had some previous issues where she created drama to be the center of attention, feeling isolated and having depression. We said that as a bridesmaid, she wouldn't know anyone else that are my bridesmaids and she would end up feeling more isolated because they all know each other and she would feel left out. They understood, but now they want all answers to, as to what her role will be. I tried reminding them the wedding is over two years away and things could change. We aren't telling the bridal party who they are for at least another year. Oh, so they're not asking the bridal party. Therefore, we won't tell her the roles until that far away too. I have barely been to any weddings. What are some of the roles we could give her? We're not having a traditional church wedding and a friend will be the officiant. I thought possibly walking our dogs down the aisle. I'm afraid of making her an honorary bridesmaid because I don't want to invite her to the bachelorette party due to her feeling isolated and making it about her and not me. Plus, she says she's allergic to alcohol, so she would complain the whole time. Okay, let's do that one first quickly because it, it's kind of a two-parter, but it's all about fitting okay. into this bridal party. I don't really see the
1: issue with having her in the bridal party. It seems like a little mean to not have her in, to be totally honest. like Even though you're not that close, it's kind of like she is your your fiance's sister and mm-hmm. it seems like it would make her really happy and like I don't think I, I don't really think your bridesmaids have to be like the absolute closest people to you like some of it is like a little symbolic like you want to like honor people in your family um mm-hmm. so I kind of have to take the fiance sis I mean also like it's not like making it about her like what is she going to what is she going to do like also she it seems like she's just like going to be like much- getting ready with you like there's not that much involved in being a bridesmaid that this person's right. going to like be able to like ruin the whole thing just because they're walking down the aisle or standing with you. And it seems like if you're, if you're saying she, she's has issues with feeling isolated and having depression. Like if you care about your fiance's family, like, wouldn't that make you want to include her more? Like I can imagine Mm -hmm. being left out of a bridal party would make someone feel more isolated and potentially more depressed. And like, it seems like to to me, anyone, to me, it seems like adding an extra bridesmaid is such a small, right. Extra thing. Like it's more about them having to do stuff than you having to do stuff. Like they just have to wear a certain dress color. Like, yeah, I get, she's like, I don't really want to invite her to the bridal party. I think you can establish that separately where you're like, I think there's going to be a lot of drinking. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable and like maybe not invite her in that way in a way that isn't tune and compassionate about her feelings and her struggles rather than like, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to ruin this day for me, which I get is a valid thing. It's like, I don't want to have to deal with you, but like, that's kind of what, Marrying into a family is about it's like someone's family things are things that you have to deal with and you kind of like it it is your wedding but I do think you have to consider like your fiance's family and making them just because it's your wedding doesn't mean you have the right to like kind of make people feel really shitty or isolated um right. or that you shouldn't do what you can just that because you love your fiance to make his sister who obviously has some of her own issues like make it make her feel included make her feel like she's part of something she clear if that's the first thing she said she clearly just wants to be like uh noticed by you and wants to feel like you care about her and you're and that she's involved in some way
2: i agree it's like how much destruction can this girl do in the bridal party it seems like to me it's like just include her even if you're not a huge fan of her for things she might have done or said in the past like just include her because honestly it's causing it would it. Seems like it would cause more of a problem to not than than her causing a problem if she were in it. And like you said, like, you don't have to – you can make your bridesmaids as involved with each other as you want or not at all. Like, you – a lot of people create a whole, like, group text for the bridesmaids leading up to a wedding so you can, like, get to know each other more or, like, talk about stuff. You really don't have to do that. Or you could just have a group text with your friends and, like, she doesn't have to be in it, but she's still a bridesmaid. You can just – reach out to her when you need her to get the dress and when you need to coordinate things like that with her but like I I think if I were this girl I would just let her be a bridesmaid talk to her when I need to that kind of thing like that way she feels included and and I agree it
1: it sounds like she would really appreciate it you know what I mean it sounds like something that would make her really happy and to me like the benefit of making someone really happy who has, who has issues with ice feeling isolated and depressed is probably so much greater for her than the loss to you of like having to include someone else. And I think especially cause you're gonna be married into this family, like it'll just make your relationship a lot better and easier in the future. Um, but if she really doesn't want to make her bridesmaid, I don't know. What else do you think she could assign her to do? She's really dead set on like, because her second question is about I guess making the bridal party smaller so, yeah. If if she's like I cannot go above this number, what do you think she should do?
2: Yeah, then I mean the the walking the dogs down the aisle, that's anything involved in the ceremony you can do and I know she's not doing like a traditional church wedding. Um if there is any readings involved in or any kind of ceremonial things like that, mm-hmm. have her do that. Um I know a lot of people, if they have, like, young flower girls or ring bearers, that's some, you walk them down the aisle, this case her dogs, I think that's a great role. I know there's both female and male ushers in weddings, and that's a role I see given, like, you're helping get people to their seats at the beginning of the ceremony. Um yeah other than that i think just anything with the ceremony i can't really think of anything in the reception that like or maybe at the rehearsal
1: dinner i don't know she could do something at the rehearsal dinner
2: like handout programs
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i mean like you could get creative i'm sure there's like a bunch of little things but i think the easiest thing was to make the easiest thing is to make someone a bridesmaid and then they can just like walk down and that's like their whole thing and it's not weird she's like his sister so i don't
2: yeah that's almost giving them less of a responsibility like if you're giving a like still a reading is like a responsibility and like you're still an important member of the family if you're doing a reading or like
1: i think everyone will expect her to be a bridesmaid it won't be like it'll be weirder that she's not a bridesmaid than if she is right i feel like the siblings of people are always usually in the bridal party
2: yeah I think but just...
1: let's get to the second question because it's about cutting the bridal party. So,
2: yes. All right. This one says my second question. The number one thing my fiance and I fight about is the bridal party. We can see that. We obviously haven't decided anything officially, but I have six to seven girls in mind and he only has five and I don't see him adding any more based on his current friendships. He is adamant that the sides have to be even because it will throw off the look and pictures. I told him you aren't framing the pictures of the whole bridal party and the photographer will be taking photos of us at the altar and not everyone. He said everyone at the ceremony will notice it is uneven. To me, just, I just don't understand his logic. I don't think it's a big deal. I, I'm having trouble cutting more bridesmaids than that unless I just have two because the rest are all friends from college that are equivalent in closeness with me. But I always wanted more than two. What should I tell him to see where I'm coming from or should I just give in and somehow cut mine to have 5? So she long story short, she wants to have her 6 to 7 girls and he, he has only five. has 5 and he's very adamant about it being even.
1: I think that's odd. I've never heard of a groom who like really cares about the evenness of the bridal party. Um yeah. to me it might be he might it might be about something else like Unless he's he it's really is security thing, right? Is he really worried I, about the pictures like and, and what people at the wedding think about the unevenness? Like to me, I wouldn't even think about it if there was not even right. party, right? It would be like the last thing I would be thinking of. Um,
2: this is a common thing that there are uneven. This uh, this is about to happen in mine. This happens in a lot I of people. What are the
1: chances that you and your fiance both have an exactly equal amount of of people that you want to include in your bridal party like to me it's almost weirder when it's even like it's kind of like how could that happen yeah.
2: and then it like causes weird fights in the friendships because you're like mm, i couldn't put my best friend sarah in because she was the seventh one and we're only doing sixth and then it's like you literally had to like do something you didn't want to do which is like not put somebody in because just to make match this number To me if we're thinking about
1: the meaning of like bridesmaids and the meaning of like honoring people with these roles it's like so that you can show them that you're important to them which to me seems like a much bigger deal than like uneven photos which again no one cares about or frames or um the guests thinking it's weird that it's uneven also strange
2: thing about the photos too photographers are and like play this for your fiance if you want the photographers are, like, pros at this. They deal with this all the time, and and I can guarantee you this. Nobody's thinking about this as much as you are, like, when you do have an uneven number. Like, no one cares, but if you're still worried that people care, photographers are pros at literally positioning you in the photos to make it look more even. It's not like they'll have you all standing in an even line with, like, a very clear visual distinction of how many people like i wouldn't worry and nobody cares about the whole bridal party photos like nobody even posts those i I don't think
1: yeah that's odd that's odd to me in that way i would also say to your fiance like listen like it is more important for me to maintain these friendships of mine and to like include these people that i really value in my life than to have even even wedding photos like I would Mm -hmm. imagine you would want that for me that you would want me to be able to like include the people that I want to include and make them feel like special in this wedding party more than we would want these uh, more than we're worried about these uneven photos which again I think we can fix and do all that stuff like to me that's really meaningful I would hope that you could like understand why it's so meaningful to me
2: right Um, exactly
1: and if he's still pushing back I would try to get to like the real root of like what his thought is, is he like a perfectionist? Is he looking for the perfect fit? Because yeah. we have a generation. We have a tux company for him <laughs> if he is. Um, but I I do think like I I would imagine it's about something else and not about that. Because that just it just seems mm-hmm. odd to me. But like maybe it is. Maybe he really is into like visually aesthetic photos and really cares what the guests think about the number of I mean, the bridal party it would be surprising to me if that was the case so i would just be like what is the real issue here right um but get that's it for cross. this week's yeah that's it for this week's perfect fit brought to you by generation tux generation tux specializes in online suit and tuxedo rentals delivered directly to your door with over 20 styles of suits and tuxedos and hundreds of accessory colors generation tux has everything your groom and groomsmen need to get the perfect fit They provide free at-home try-ons to make sure you're getting the best fit possible and their groomsman management system ensures your guys get fitted and order their garments on time. You can try Generation Tux and their award-winning customer service for yourself by going to generationtux.com. Visit to build your look and get started today. That's G-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N-T-U-X.com. Should we do another email, Nicole? Let's do it. This one I'm so excited about. Let's do one more. All right. I will read it. This is our happily ever after segment. If you have any kind of relationship issue or issues with a potential fiance, your current fiance, your husband, uh, you've been married for 20 years, we want to know about it. Email us at bridesatbetches.com and we will answer it on the podcast. Hopefully, unless yours doesn't get chosen. reaching out with a question for your happily ever after segment i've been with my fiance for over 10 years we're both in our mid-30s i waited year after year for him to propose and which he finally did in year eight after most other couples we knew who had been together for a fraction of the time had gotten engaged married and started families i know life isn't a race but it feels like we are so behind everyone else and all of my friends husbands managed to get their shit together before my guy could I have been incredibly resentful about this and the saving grace was that our wedding day was finally coming so I could put this all behind us and move forward. We were set to wed in June 2020 and had to postpone due to COVID. We were scheduled for mid-July, but of course that is up in the air. I feel robbed and carry, on, and carry so much resentment for his extremely delayed proposal. He claims he was saving up and wanted to be better situated financially before proposing, but more I more so think it's him being incapable of making a decision without me pushing for it. I'm really trying to not to allow all these events to taint the way I see him and my, love and my love for him, but I blame him for being partially responsible for delaying this huge event in my life and that is so important to me and just stalling things to such a degree. It's like he selfishly thought we had all the time in the world and absolutely took me for granted. We are in weekly couples therapy, but I, I can't seem to let his, this resentment and anger toward him go. Would love some advice.
2: So... The main thing that stuck out to me in this email look, I this is speaking me speaking to you, bride, who wrote this in. You, I feel I I don't feel your pain because I'm not in your same situation, but you do have a right to be up to feel how you feel. However, you've got to keep in mind COVID is out of anybody's control. So you, you really can't let that taint. Your perspective and like, like build up this resentment you're feeling towards your fiance, because I see what you're saying. Like, yes, he took forever to propose and that's very annoying, but you, that's in the past. You are where you are now. You're even more mad because now COVID's pushing off the wedding. You can't let that, you can't let that make you mad at your fiance because COVID's not his fault. And I think there's other ways like if you wanted to still get married if you you sound like you are ready for that and he is too at this point you might you can do the thing that a lot of brides are doing have the wedding and then wait to celebrate with a larger amount of people later when it's safe I just think I just think that if you keep heart, having this resentment towards him it's just going to spiral and it's just going to make you it's not going to do good things for your relationship what are your thoughts
1: i i um i definitely agree with that i totally get i understand why she's like frustrated right she's frustrated because she wanted to be married by now she saw herself as being married by now i was frustrated with my boyfriend who I had only been dating for three years that it took him that long to propose so (laughs) i can see where she's like has that feeling of frustration however I think by being let's these are two different things right the she seems like she's really resentful about the eight years dating no ring thing that's like the main thing that she's resentful for because that's the thing that she feels like he did have control over however Mm -hmm. I think to be resentful over that takes away all of your agency and all of your decision making you had a right in any of those eight years to say I want to be married or I'm going to find someone who also wants to be married. I don't think that you can be mad at someone for not doing something that you want when they in the time that they're ready. I think the financial stability and saving up for a ring thing is actually like a solid, if that's true, then that's a solid reason to wait, to feel like you can... Weddings are expensive, to you'll be able to be afford being married to be able to afford to start a life together is like a real thing. But I also think that you at any point during that relationship, which I had thought about doing too, if like, I mean, I wanted to probably get engaged like two years after dating and, Mm -hmm. uh, Mike wasn't ready. And I remember being like, okay, I'm going to give him like this amount of time. Um, and then if he's not ready by this certain amount of time, like I'm, I'm a certain age and I want to be married and I'm going to find someone who wants to be married. Um, right. So I, I think by saying by putting it all on him, you're taking away any power you had in like making this des- decision or finding someone who wanted to get married earlier. Like, I don't think this is I think it's easier to put it the blame on someone else. But you also have like have power um, in that situation. And then the COVID thing that just sucks. That's like a thing that happened in the world that no one could control. Definitely not him. And like you said, Nicole, like they can, you can, you can still get married if if starting a family or, or being a certain age is an issue. You can still do all that. There's no rule book that says that you have to have this big party in order to do that. But I do think like, I think it's great that you're in therapy because it sounds like this resentment is like a very like building thing. And I get, I understand like why in some ways she has it. But I think she also has to internalize that and take some of the take some of the responsibility for for the fact that she's not married yet. Because again, like she's a free agent. Like at any point she could have said, I want to be married. I'm going to find someone who does want to be married. And she waited for him. And I think that he sounds like he's like, there's nothing wrong with him and they could have a really happy life. But if she doesn't let that go or take some sense of like, I'm the one... Who also decided to stay in this, despite not getting what I wanted for so long. Like, I think that'll help ease the resentment because it'll be like this isn't wasn't just you saying yes or no. Like, I had, I had the ability to leave if I didn't like the situation. Also,
2: right, right, yeah. And I think like moving forward for their relationship, it's going to be even more important to like like set those expectations like you were saying like the it, it's so important I, I don't believe in when people are like no don't give ultimatums in the relationship it's like no it's not a steadfast ultimatum but it's still just like telling them what your expectations are and they're valid expectations want to you're at, if you're at the point where you want to get engaged and be married you have every right to tell your partner that yeah
1: and- I think ultimatums get like ultimatums get a terrible rap because they sound like mm-hmm. they're terrible. But ultimatum, what ultimatums yeah, are like is really word. just say Yeah, ultimate, all, all an ultimatum is is you saying this is what I want. If this isn't mm-hmm. what you want, then like we're gonna then I'm gonna find someone who also wants what I want. And if right. you're not or if you're not willing to give me what I want, it's like anything in a in a relationship. I think it's it's they get such a bad because everything is so romanticized and so like glorified in this like romantic setting, but really all it is is you saying like this is what's important to me. If you can't meet me there or give me a time frame mm-hmm. for when you're going to meet me there that I can get on board with, then I'm going to find someone who can. And I think it's really exactly. I think they're very empowering in that way. And I'm not saying she should have done that. It sounds like he did eventually come along, and and maybe it was like late for you, but you kind of have to again take your take responsibility for your your
2: decision to say, right and I would really work on like that open communication moving forward and setting expectations to make sure you guys are on the same page and want the same things because this only gets like I don't like even just like talking about where you want to kind of like settle down and live and right what age you
1: want kids any any of that exactly like
2: start talking about that now and set expectations and be on the same timeline for that kind of stuff so that you because again if you don't you're going to keep having resentment you're going to keep feeling like this and just know like you can set expectations you can plan but i think we've all learned within the past year you really you your plans might go by the wayside and i and i think she said she's feeling robbed at one point like if it makes you feel better everyone's feeling robbed this year like
1: right that's not her fiance's fault he didn't bring the virus over yeah
2: yeah everyone's feeling robbed covid literally robbed all of our lives and our weddings so if it makes you feel better you're not alone in feeling robbed, but I think all you can do is really focus on the present and the future and what you can do and yeah. kind of stop harboring the resentment from the past. Exactly.
1: Focus on the things that you can control. You can get married if you mm-hmm. tr- if you truly want to right now. You can, um, you know, you can work on improving your relationship, which it sounds like you're doing. Um, and yeah, I would just try to keep that in mind when you're getting, I. it's easy to, it's, it's easier to place anger on someone else. You can't really like COVID yeah. isn't a person. You can't like yell at it. You can't like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, Yeah, push your like emotions onto it so it's sometimes it's easier to blame someone that like in your is in your life that like by proxy kind of feels like they're the one to blame
2: Mm -hmm. you know
1: what i mean like i oh yeah i I think that's a very common thing for someone to take their anger out on someone but it sounds like you're doing that to him and it doesn't really seem very fair to me
2: yeah i find myself doing that to mike all the time like with little things like literally all like it'll be cold in our apartment and I'll like blame him for not turning the heat on. And it's yeah. truly like you can't, it's just easy to blame people. And when he's the only one around, it's easy to blame him. Right.
1: But I'm sure you recognize it's like, it's a really, that's, I've done that too. It's like, it's a really bad yeah. way to express your frustration and your anger oh, yeah. because it's really bad for your relationship. So I think that that's great that you're working on it in therapy this person for and, sure know, maybe you. Yeah. anyway for that's sure. our episode i <laughs> hope Me too. we i hope we helped you guys um if you have again if you have a question that you want e- to email in brides at betches.com that's brides at betches.com and um we'll be back next week
2: yes Til Til till death, death do, do us, us part, part. <laughs> there we go it sounded like a kid's mop episode
0: batches